Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Indiana Runner podcast. My name is Josh Puccinelli. The following is an interview with Josh Horowitz. Josh is a 2014 Carmel graduate, now a cross-country and distance assistant for Bloomington South High School. During this interview, we cover Josh's start in the sport, his coaching journey, the role of media in the sport, and then end with some fun Josh stats. Josh is a down-to-earth guy who really cares about providing his athletes the best experience possible. I really enjoyed getting to chat with someone who's in a similar spot in their coaching journey and to be able to compare experiences both on and off the course. Thank you guys for listening to and supporting this podcast. As always, I hope you all enjoy this conversation as much as I did. And without further ado, I give you Josh Horowitz. Josh, welcome to the Indiana Runner podcast. How's it going? Josh, fellow Josh, it's uh, <laughs> it's going really well. Um, just getting, you know, we obviously got past HSR this past weekend and um, just getting ready for the outdoor season, I think is is a really, it's a really exciting time for track and field. Um, Want to thank you for inviting me on to be, to be a guest. I, it, it's crazy to think that I've been on the Indiana Runner podcast before. But being on one of the interviews was something I was like, oh, I wonder if if Puccinelli will ever be able to reach out to me and yeah. have me on for the interview portion of this. Um, so I am honored that you asked me um, again, even though I had already been on the podcast many times. So, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, I've wanted to you've been on the on the list of people I've wanted to reach out to. So, I'm oh, that's great. Excited to do this. Um, how did the indoor season go for you guys? It was it was good uh, I say that you know a little a little solemnly but mainly because a few of our guys weren't able to run meets as much as we wanted to just with mm-hmm. with injuries and kind of lingering lingering aches that we didn't want to make any worse during the indoor season um, and so our our coaching staff's philosophy is the indoor season is not worth you know sacrificing for what could happen outdoor um, yeah. so if you saw a certain name or names missing, that would that would be why um, but other but the guys that we did have run the meets they got good opportunities um, we got to see where certain guys are at and I'm, I'm really looking forward to what we can do for outdoor that's awesome yeah, I forgot how brutal those indoor meets are like you're getting up at five and like you're there until four at the earliest it's such a, it's a long day I'll tell you so obviously I was we'll talk about more later with with a uh, mile split but I was I was at Gladstein Field. I walked into Gladstein Fieldhouse on Saturday at 9:55 a.m. Uh-huh. And I walked out of Gladstein Fieldhouse at 9:55 p.m. <laughs> so I was I was there for 12 hours. So they can be long days. De- definitely not complaining. I I track meets, cross country meets, some of my favorite places to be. Um sure. but they can they can be long days. And yeah, the especially being inside like all a lot of people, a lot of you know, a, a lot of warmth, a lot of yeah. uh, atmosphere. It's, it's, it's definitely a lot, but. For sure. Yeah. I made the mistake the first indoor meet we went to, I didn't bring any like snacks or food or anything. By the end of the day, I was like, I could barely see straight. It was a huge mistake. It was, it was rough. That's what, that's one of the first things I try to play is like making sure I have the correct snacks or have money to buy snacks. Um, Got to have a option to get food. Cause you never, you never know. That's so true. What you need. 
All right. So we're going to start off with a little tier talk. Um, I thought about putting uh, like best first name as the tier talk, <laughs> but I feel like that'd be pretty quick. Um, so the, Easy answer. Yeah, exactly. It's pretty obvious. Um, so this isn't necessarily a tier talk, but it's more of a icebreaker question, I guess. Uh, if you could spend the day with one celebrity, who would it be? Uh, so do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? So I, I'm going to go first. I'm going to go first, um, mainly because either if people hear my list, they're either going to be pretty upset and they can (laughs) shut the podcast off quicker if they want to, or, um, based on, well, I know your list, you don't know mine. Yeah. And I am debating some of the options, which ones are more controversial. Okay. (laughs) I like it. Give you a little, a little hint into my list. So my honorable mention, you had an honorable mention, so I decided to add one. Mm-hmm. Um, a guy by the name of Felix Zemdegs. Huh. Probably have no idea who that is. Nope. <laughs> so he is one of the top uh, speed cubers in the world. Like Rubik's I'd Cube? Say he's like Rubik's Cube. Oh. He's, he's probably like the Michael Jordan of, okay. <laughs> of Rubik's Cubing. Um, and I can get, get into that more later, but he, he he's from Australia. He's he's had a lot of the records. There's a new guy that's kind of broken the records, but he's, a, he's around my age. So I fear that's a good guy to be able to, to talk with and have conversation over, over those things. So have him in the honorable mention. Are you like a big Rubik's cube fan or why yes. him? To, okay. To lately, yes. Just cause like I said, he's, he's one of the, the best ones. Um, and so it'd be cool to kind of pick his brain and um, yeah, just be able to, to do, do some solves with him. Yeah. It'd be kind of cool. So he's an honorable mention. Um, okay. All right. This is where we start. This is where I know I'm going to get some hate. Number three, Bill Belichick. <laughs> um, he is – so I, I'm a New England Patriots fan. I don't think that's a surprise to anyone listening. I think Colin has tried to not mention that many times before. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he he's, he's one of my coaching idols, I like mm-hmm. to, to say, to put the least. Um just watching at watching the Patriots over those 20 years, I just feel like you learned a I learned a lot about coaching and how teams can exceed and excel. Um and obviously it helped that they were winning and I was a fan of them and that made a lot <laughs> made it very enjoyable. But I just I think he's one of the most most effective coaches there is. And mm. I I think many people would agree with that. Um, my my favorite quote that he has, he has a few, but my favorite one, hold on, I got I to gotta bring it up. I should have it memorized, right? But yeah. um, <laughs> you're really a fan. Talent sets the floor, character sets the ceiling. Mm, that's good. And I think that's, it's it's very true of, you know, any sport and just, just in life um, that your talent can, bring you so far but to get above that it's kind of what your character is and and what you can build based off of that so it's kind of funny having him on like a someone you'd spend a whole day with but just to pick his brain again about um about coaching and then talk football talk about the patriots um would would be pretty cool so that that's more of a like i feel like each person that i have kind of has a um like like a reason or a purpose um and Belichick's would definitely be to learn a lot um and get to meet a coaching idol 
Yeah, for sure. I like I when I was making my list, I almost put like people like that on the list, which it makes a lot of sense why you did. But then I thought about like like if you hung out with Bill all day, like what like what would you do? You know, or like what? that's a re- that's a really good question. That's why I have him at three, but it's also yeah. and that's I was debating on the way you were asking it. Like, all right, so is this like twenty four hours? Is this like you wake up at eight in the morning and then yeah, like after point. dinner it's done or. Is it like four hours or whatever? Yeah. And I was just like, you know what? We can find. I'll I'll talk football with him for forever. I'll talk coaching with him forever. There we so go. he stayed. He stayed on the list. That's fair. Um, all right. Number two, Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> she is. She is has been my celebrity crush for ever the longest time since there we go. first started watching Friends. Um, you tell me, I have opportunity to spend a day with a celebrity. She's. She, she's got to be on the list top three and people are going to be very upset when they hear what number one is, but Jennifer <laughs> Harrison, number two, um, number one, Thomas Edward Patrick Brady jr. Oh my God. <laughs> so the, the, the same way that like Belichick's on here, the reason why Brady is much better at why I would have him higher to spend time with, because we can throw the football yeah. We can play golf. He plays golf. He plays basketball. Like there'd be much more activity that Tom Brady and I could probably do together than, you know, me and Belichick or whatever. But, um, and he's, he's, he's just my, my sport savior. If I have to say that this is so, <laughs> this is so funny the way it's coming off, but I right like he's, he was the quarterback for the team that I cheered for forever that I, I do cheer for. And it, I know it just it'd be it'd be cool yeah wait so what about him leaving for Tampa any any hate there no no hate um I don't cheer for him like mm-hmm. I, I'm still a Patriots fan um like yes if he's playing a game I'm probably rooting for them okay for, yeah. for the Bucks or who you know whoever he was on but mm-hmm. I'm not like I'm not like rooting for Tom Brady because he's Tom Brady, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm, um, a, I'm a Patriots fan. Yeah. Okay. So is Mac Jones? Is he the guy? If if I had a button right here that said, if I that if I pressed it, I get Lamar Jackson. I'm pressing the button. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, if that answers your question. So this, this has now become a football podcast yeah right? <laughs> um, Lamar has said he wants to go to the Patriots but there's no way that Belichick would do what it takes to get him because mm. he's never done what it would take to get him which is yeah. trading two first round picks giving a quarterback way too much money mm-hmm. so it's just it's just not gonna happen but if I had the button I would press it um just Mac Jones I don't think not just based off of him but based on the other guys in the AFC cannot win a super bowl i don't yeah, for sure um lamar jackson's probably on the borderline of guys that can and so obviously i would want the guy that's going to help win a super bowl do you have any suspicions where he'll go or he'll land um the the rumor the the three teams that are most rumored i think are the commanders the colts and the lions is what i saw okay interesting um i think the well the colts would be wild just one being so in the wild end. Um, what are you a Colts fan? Yeah, like not diehard, diehard, but yeah. yeah. W- would you like that? Yeah, <laughs> that'd be fun. Yeah, see, it's like if you have the button, you're gonna press. Yeah. It. Um, 
And then the commander, I think it would just be interesting because I think that would turn their franchise around to a place that hasn't been in a long time. So Yeah, for real. We'll see. Um, okay, so I'm up. So my honorable mention is Joe Klecker. Like, you know, this is a running podcast. Got to include a runner in there. It, like, similarly, like, it'd be fun to, like, go for a run with him, you know? Yeah. And, like, I don't know. There are a lot of cool runners out there for sure, like pro runners. But, I don't know. I follow him on Strava. He just seems like a really, like, down-to-earth cool guy. Uh, number three, big, uh, big comedy fan. And so number three is Shane Gillis. I was trying to think of, I don't know. I'm a fan of like a lot of different comedians, but him specifically, I feel like he'd be the easiest to like hang out with for a day. That was like kind of the direction I was going. Uh, so he is number three. Number two, being uh, now on the other side of a podcast, like hosting one, which is weird. Uh, and then listening to a ton, the king of podcasting, Joe Rogan. <laughs> I feel like that would just be a cool... I like picking his brain for like podcasting sake. And then I don't know. I just think he's like an interesting guy. Um, <laughs> Being an interesting guy is a good way to describe him. Yeah. Are you not a fan? I, I would say I'm neutral. I just, I, I feel like I've heard more negative things about him as podcasting than, than positive. That's fair. I, yeah. He is. I don't know if he, I would say he's like a polarizing figure, but like people either, I don't know. I think people really like really like him, or they're just like either indifferent or don't like him. Um, but yeah, like just doing two thousand. He's done done almost two thousand episodes. He's hosted yeah. like so many people. It'd just be a cool, I don't know, cool guy to to pick his brain. Number one, kind of a, a niche thing, similar to your like honorable mention. I've like been super into chess recently. <laughs> um, it's it's gotten kind of bad. I'm like playing it all the time. Um, <laughs> That's a good thing to get into. Yeah, it's it's hard because it, like I know it doesn't really matter, you know. Like, who cares of about chess? Like, it doesn't. I don't know. There's no. Like, is there really that much difference between that and like Candy Crush or something? Like, yes, but not really. Well, now you know how I feel about cubing. Yeah, that's but true. I, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna yuck your yum. So. <laughs> All right, but yeah, so it's like tough because I feel like I'm. Like, it feels like a productive thing to play chess, but, like, at the same time, it's not. I don't know. But my number one is Sakaru Nakamura, who is – he's U.S. number one. Um, he was a professional chess player for, like, the longest time, but now he would consider himself a pro streamer. Basically, just, like, plays chess all day. Um, it's all, like, throw on his videos sometimes to watch. And, I don't know, it's just, like, similar to you, it's just, like, really cool to see someone who's at, like, the top of their game and just – especially as something like that you're just starting out at. It's like pretty amazing to watch someone be so good at something like that. I'll I'll be honest. I had to look him up. Um, did did not recognize the name at all. Uh-huh. And on the on the chess note, I have just started getting into Queen's Gambit. So I know later than most. There you people, go. But I'm about halfway through, and it's it's been good. Yeah, that's a, that's a great show. But a lot of like a lot of the best chess players, I wouldn't say they're like weird, but they're just like a little awkward. Like obviously very intelligent um but he's like super easy going like can speak very clearly i don't know not very awkward so i feel like he'd be a cool guy like both to play like chess with but then also to hang out hang out for the day so you, you just my... doubled the amount of chess players that i know <laughs> it's kind of wild there's like a ton of guys on on carmel's team that play it like wow and we're like all not very good um 
Like Cole, Cole plays it. I actually beat him before he raced. Nice. So that's probably why he ran 151. He just pissed <laughs> that beat him. But yeah, there's like a bunch of guys on the team that just play it kind of casually. So it's know, a fun thing to do. That's fun. Yeah. So I guess, <laughs> kind of forgot we were on a running podcast. Huh? Yeah. I so hope everyone get... enjoyed enjoyed the pre-running portion of the podcast. Yeah, right. But for Colin, I forget what – oh, it was like best uh, – Top three Indiana athletes of all time. And we, I feel like we talked for like 45 minutes about that. <laughs> I was like, well. <laughs> um, but anyway, so we're going to get into your background with running. And then we'll talk coaching. And then get into kind of the media side of, of Indiana high school running. So how did you get your start in running? All right. The the age-old question. So yeah. <laughs> I, I always did a lot of a lot of sports when I was younger, uh, mainly baseball and basketball. But I, I, I'd say if a sport was being played, you know, on the playground or like in gym class or, you know, parents signed me up for a class. Like I remember playing tennis, even doing gymnastics at one point, um, did all these sports. And then I, I was, I would say I was always one of the faster kids, um, you know, being be, like, like the, remember the pacer test in gym class? Oh, for sure. Yeah. That was yeah. awesome always one of the last ones usually the last one is like okay like this running thing like i you know i know i'm fast whatever but never really got into um any like running team mm-hmm. so then in carmel there wasn't the pups running club that there is now that came when i was already in high school i believe maybe in middle school um but in sixth grade i i actually didn't even do cross country then even though our school offered it I had decided for whatever reason I wasn't going to do any sport in sixth grade. Not really sure why. Um, I was, I think I said, I want to get eased. I want to ease into being in middle school. You know, things you think (laughs) as a sixth grader. Um, But in a gym mile in sixth grade, now this is going to, if this sounds a little familiar, it's because it's a similar story to what people might've heard last week with, with Alex. Um, But in sixth grade gym mile, I ran 659. And that's the, that was, so that was probably my first ever timed mile. And I was like, okay, like I, I can run, like I clearly can at least run a little bit. Um, and then again, that was probably towards the end of sixth grade. And then going into seventh grade, my parents really wanted me to go out for a sport, go out for something. And my dad had did, had done cross country, um, in high school but he, he didn't run much anymore at the time, but basically I, my, my parents made me do cross country is, is what I'm getting at. Okay. They like do a sport, go do cross country. Um, and so I, I did cross country and from there, like, I, I think I was mainly doing it to stay in shape for basketball. Like I still played basketball in, on the seventh and eighth grade teams. Um, I even did baseball in seventh grade. I didn't even run my first track season until eighth grade, but at that point running was a thing that was in my mind and in my life. Yeah. Um, Were you any good at the other sports? I like to think so. Um, (laughs) I mean, I good enough to make the middle school team, you know, at at, at Creekside and in seventh grade for baseball, eighth grade for basketball. Um, But so it's actually funny. I, I debated on trying out in high school and I think I, this is the story I always tell people that are two sport athletes. Like, I kind of thought, which sport do I think I have a better chance to be varsity at in high school? Mm. And I never 
practice basketball with like with a school ever again and i started running more and i we'll get to it but i I was right well we need to say i was right yeah for sure um yeah basketball is i don't know there's just like so much behind the scenes like if you're not in it pretty deeply like pretty early on it feels like especially at a bigger school it's Mm -hmm. it can be tough um so at, at at any point had you I don't want to say like fall in love with the sport, but like, okay, I really am enjoying running or did that come later or when, when was that? Yeah, that's, it's a good question. Cause I think for longer than I'd like to admit, it was, it felt more of like a chore than something I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, Cause like I said, I originally doing it to stay in shape for basketball or cause my parents made me do it. And even in my freshman year at Carmel, the I, I don't think I've I haven't told this to many people, but the summer before my freshman year, we had a time trial like going into the season. And I I ran so bad compared to what I thought I was capable of and or like to what I had done maybe like in middle school. And mm-hmm. I almost stopped. Really? I, I, I seriously almost stopped. I was like, maybe I shouldn't do cross country. Um and I that that was a short lived thought. I, I don't really remember like what just held me in I think it was you know a lot of my friends did it like I was Mm -hmm. meeting new people um I was probably getting faster while I was like I shouldn't do this anymore um (laughs) but like by the time we had our first or second meet I was like okay this is where I feel like I can be this is where I should be um and so I was I was hooked back in but I I would say the real kind of I'm good at this like I want to do this this is now like my passion was sometime during that year when I thought, when I, you know, figure out what the state meet was like, figured out that seven guys run, figured out that what it takes to get there. And I was like, you know, I want to be one of those guys. Like Mm -hmm. I want to run the state meet. Like that's going to be my main goal for high school is be one of those seven. And in my freshman year, I was seventh in our class. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, okay, either I have to, not let any underclassmen move up ahead of me, which as we know, there were some, uh, one specific screaming freshman coming two years later, um, or jump a few people and we can get into it, but, um, ended up, ended up working out. So I'd I'd say that's kind of when I was like, I I started taking it more seriously, knowing what was ahead. Yeah. Do you like generally have pretty high standards for yourself? Like I would say like most freshmen, who come in and maybe have a bad first race or time trial, like they wish they'd run faster, obviously, but it's like, yeah, whatever, you know, we'll get, we'll get the next one, but to like almost quit. It just kind of jumps out at me. Yeah. I, and again, I don't remember why or for how long I just remember having that thought of like the time wasn't as good. There were people that were beating me that I had beaten a lot in middle school. And I was like, okay, maybe I'm just not good anymore. Right. Yeah. Like maybe that was the thought I had. It's like, okay, this can, you know, can switch back over to basketball. But no, I just um yeah, I guess it wasn't about a standard, just more of where like I said, maybe certain people that had been beating me, but um yeah, it again that it didn't end up leaving. So yeah. Do you have do you currently, I guess, or did you? have any regrets about not like pursuing other sports or doing anything else outside of cross country? Um, no, I, no, I, I, I can't say so. Like the, the only reason is cause I, 
I, I guess I, I reached the pinnacle of like our sport as a team. Like I don't like, I, I don't know that would have happened. Um, I guess I am always curious, like, could I have made the basketball team at different points? If I, you know, put everything into that, that I did into to, to running. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm only five ten. like for, for people wondering, like, I, I wasn't going to be growing anymore anytime soon. And yeah, um, but even then putting in a little bit of work to, you know, be a point guard, shooting guard would have maybe done a little bit, but no, n- not really. Really, it's, it was mostly just like, could I have made the team? Like, at yeah, point. for sure. I feel, I don't know if you relate to this or not, but like, I have no regrets about running and like, it's been a huge part of my life. My life wouldn't be the same without it, obviously. Um, but I feel like with most like athletic cross country or track distance runners, if there is like a kind of a thought in the back of your mind of like, I don't know. I'm more athletic than most of these guys out here. Like, should I be doing a ball sport or something? You know, like it's, yeah, I feel like it's a well, thought that crossed someone's mind. No, you're right. And then, but then you can, you can get humbled very quickly when you actually, when you run into people that are actual basketball players yeah. and much <laughs> yeah. more athletic and you're like, okay, I, I, I chose the right thing. Like I chose the right sport. Yeah, for sure. And like, obviously athleticism is very beneficial to, to distance running too. Yeah, no, it is. It is. I think you kind of mentioned it. We can, you know, I have, we have examples. Um, Tate Shinbine. Do you remember him? He's actually, he's the next guest. How perfect. Oh That's my crazy. God. How, how, how wonderful. He He's one of the first people that I remember just being really good at basketball and then also running. Mm. Um, we can talk about the Fifes. They were four minute milers and they also played on their high school basketball team and they mm-hmm. all stayed in track and cross country. So like you, you see the benefit of the athleticism of, from other sports. Yeah. Um, come over to Absolutely. Yeah. That, that's crazy. What a coincidence. Um, so how that's was cool. the, the transition to, so you're on the team now, you got kind of a goal in mind. You want to be in that top seven eventually. How was the transition to, to high school training? And also was Colin there at this time? so he my freshman year no um or hard bell was my head coach for for the four years i was there and then colin came in as an assistant my sophomore year for cross country okay Okay. yeah cool um so how was that transition oh go ahead yeah no before i answer that question i actually i want to tell the story of how like when i met colin i don't know if i said this before on the podcast but i'll just say it again (laughs) for people but i had i remember watching on youtube the 2010 IHSA 16, boys 1600 where Chris Walden um, outkicked Chris and Jason Chris and Drew Gamble mm. to win the state meet and Colin did that broadcast and so I had seen this video like at, at the time it was my free race like hype video I would okay. watch to like get excited for races uh-huh. and I I just remember then when Colin came to practice and I saw his name, like our coach had said, like Colin Altavote joining the team. And I, the, I think the first thing I ever said to Colin was like, did you announce the Chris Walden mile when he, <laughs> or 1600 when he won? And he's like, yeah. And so that, and I was like, I watched that all the time. So that was, that was mine and Colin's first interaction to what, That's to what I funny. remember. But I've, I had like a similar ish first interaction with Colin. Cause I like, so I lived in Baltimore for a year and I would like listen to the pod, the Indiana Runner podcast to, um like just to stay up with because I had coached for Fishers the year before I left for Baltimore um and so I listened to the podcast just to keep up with like what was going on around the state and whatnot 
And so like I was listening to him all the time. And so I, I we were talking about this before, but like I felt like I knew him, but like not actually knew him. And then we yeah. like got lunch because I was like interested in coming on as an assistant. And it's yeah, it's such a weird dynamic when you like you've heard someone and you like know someone, but like they don't know you and then you're like meeting for them for the first time. But yeah, that's that's funny. Yeah. Uh so yes, how was how yeah. was the transition? Yeah, no, it was it was good. Um, I, I had a, we had a pretty strong program in middle school as well. Um, so i never felt like, like if you talk about like training wise, mileage wise, like I never felt there was any like huge bump, I guess, like just getting used to honestly racing 5k mm-hmm. probably just the biggest transition. Um, it's why I, I kind of, I have to go back and make sure, but I think my best 3k pace as a middle schooler was about the same 3k pace of like my freshman year so it's it like i was running the same race pace but it was just longer it was just a longer mm-hmm. race um and obviously that got faster over time but uh overall i, I would say it's a pretty good transition like you know kind of had a group of friends um mostly on the team um school-wise maybe a little tougher transition but uh overall I, i'd say it was it was solid yeah how about uh, like training wise? Because I know was there kind of a transition of training the three or four years? Yes. So my the, the first years across country were more of the um it, it was more like Daniel's running style based. So like I mean we did th- that's just what our, our coach had done. And so like we did a lot of like mile K repeats, um, you know, occasional tempo runs. Um, I, I honestly don't remember my mileage. I didn't start tracking my mileage until maybe the summer before my junior year, sophomore. I, I, I don't know. So somewhere in there. So I don't really remember what I did as a freshman. Um, but then the starting in my sophomore year of track and then onward was more of the hybrid Pavo based style that I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure Carmel's still doing right now to an yeah. extent. Um, okay. and you know, that includes the long PPM, um, CIs, 400 CIs, mm-hmm. occasional 533 CIs. Um, and that was definitely a transition. Um, yeah. it, and not just for me, but other people on the team, um, right. Just that are not used to the long PPM, but I think that's, that's why it was an important time. I think like, I'm kind of glad it happened at that time. It gave me two years to get accustomed to doing PPMs and mm-hmm. what it took and, you know, what, what I needed to do to, to be able to take the next step. Yeah. Um, how did you respond to the, the transition in training? Like, did you enjoy it and were you running faster? Yeah. So I think where I was like, so in, in middle school, I was, I would say above average, but I was still getting better. Like my improvement curve, I think was, was on a good track. So I granted whether training, I think, I think I was going to still improve. Um, but definitely from my sophomore to junior year, you saw like a exponential improvement. So I, from freshman year, I was 1802 sophomore year, 1706. So about a minute. And then sophomore to junior was like 33 seconds, but then junior to senior ended up being also 33 seconds. So like, I, I, I kept that same improvement and a lot of that, yeah, was because of the the training we did um, that was then implemented during my junior year. Um, just being able to, th- what I like about the PPM 
um, it teaches you how to run uncomfortably hard. I'm sure you've heard mm-hmm. that a thousand times. And I've, <laughs> I've said it a thousand times probably as well. Or said it, heard it to, or yeah, heard it said to me, mm-hmm. um, it teaches you how to run un- uncomfortably hard. And before, honestly, before then I, I was somebody that I would have considered myself more of a racer than a practicer. Mm, yeah. Like I, not that I didn't take it seriously, but in my mind, I could kind of run whatever at practice and then I could race my way to, to beating people who I wanted to beat or like race to a good time or race to a good place. Now, obviously that sounds crazy now. Like if an athlete on my team said that I would not, not freak out at them, but I'd be like, this is why that's, that's not right. Um, yeah. But it, it didn't take really until like doing PPMs where I was like, okay, like these are going to make you better like take them more seriously, like do them the way they're supposed to be done. And then that's when I would say like a lot of improvement started. Um, and sorry, I, I can't leave out the most important part of it, just the consistency. Um, so mm-hmm. a part of what we did was the goal is to run every day, but also like become better every day is the way I would like mm-hmm. to put it. Um, so I don't, I, I don't think Colin might talk about this. Like, I don't think you guys emphasize really consecutive days anymore. No, yeah. So, so at the beginning of like when I was there, like in our our running log, like consecutive days was one of the categories of like mark your consecutive days. So, you kind of asked me later about like what's my maybe one of my biggest running accomplishments. Like this might be it. I had a four hundred and twelve day running streak in high school. From the day after semi state, my junior year, took that off and then ran every day from then until the day after the national meet my senior year. Jeez. That helped me become a better runner. And I had a good injury history. I was able to do it. I don't recommend it for every single person. And that's why I kind of changed it to from running every day to doing something to become better every day. Mm. Um, whether that's cross training or just taking it lighter or whatever. Um, but again, I had good injury history. I was able to keep up with it. I was able to progress through the mileage through the PPMs and that, that helped me become better. That helped that that's what I needed to become the runner that I wanted to be. Yeah, for sure. Were you guys doing like double workout weeks? Was it like more of a traditional Pavo? So I'm trying, I, I was, I was about to pull out my running logs to actually look over some of this stuff, but over the summer, for the most part, it was just the long PPM. Okay. I, there was very few weeks where we had two workouts over the summer um now when we got into the season and we started doing our CIs um it'd be like high set Monday low set Thursday okay so that that that's that would be a lot more of the the two workout week type of thing yeah for sure I know like Pavo has a pretty controversial I guess or like it's pretty polarizing training method like some people love it some people hate it um and I feel like one really good thing about it is that like dichotomy if you will between like running hard and running easy like there's a big emphasis on like the ppm they're going as hard as they can for however long they have their ppm um but then every other day that week they're recovering and going easy um i feel like it could be easy to kind of get in this like middle zone where you're doing a lot of like moderate type runs lighter workouts it's all kind of the same um yeah so yeah no i I think yeah i think that's a key like when it's time to run hard we're gonna run hard when it's time to run easy, 
we're going to run easy. And I think that, yeah. And that proved, proved beneficial. Yeah. And I would think on the surface, it would lead to a lot of injury, but I've been actually kind of surprised how little injury, like our top 14, maybe this year, one got injured, like right at state. Um, but everyone else is like pretty much healthy throughout the whole season, which is obviously awesome. Um, yeah, I don't know. Each coach has their own thing. And like, I, yeah, by my own program, I do things slightly different. Um, yep. but there's like a lot, I feel like in each training method there or model, there's, there's pros, there's cons. Yeah. Up we can talk about that more inside. in coaching philosophy. <laughs> what did you say? I said, we can talk about that more in coaching philosophy. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. For sure. Um, cool. Well, to round out your high school time, um, I guess, so you'd eventually go on to run at nationals. So maybe, maybe this is your, your most, um, or your favorite accomplishment. Um, but if you could talk about that and then also if you have another, um, I don't know, moment or two that you've really stick out during high school time. Yeah. Well, let me just back up to the state meet. Cause, um, that was, again, that was the goal for me, right. Mm -hmm. This whole time. And, you know, I was in the top seven, most of my senior year, pretty much all of my senior year. Um, and realized I was going to run the state meet. Like once I was in the top seven at semi-state, I knew as long as we advanced, I'd run the state meet. Um, we came, we, we won. I, I came in 45th as an individual. We won still to this day, probably the best day of my life. That's awesome. Um, at least one of the more memorable emotional ones. Um, and it's, I, yeah, I, I guess I, I don't know. I don't have much more to say about that. Just that's how that went. It was, it was going to, I knew it was going to be a close kind of team race, but honestly where I was like, I, I didn't go on like INCC stats every day. Like I didn't go on Indiana runner every day. Mm -hmm. I just knew I was going to go run. Like our team just knew we were going to go run to be, to be honest. I didn't think we were going to lose just cause I thought like every, like every race that we ran that year, we, we, we won. And I just thought like, all right, today is just, we just got to go run and like, and mm -hmm. we're going to win. And obviously I see from the coaching side now, it's not that easy, not that yeah. simple. Um, but it was, I, I don't want to say like, like fairy tale end or whatever, but like, it was just one of those things where it's kind of like, I had a, I just had a feeling we would, we would win. Um, and it's, it's just, it's really cool to be able to be a part of a state championship team. Yeah. Um, again, considering that was a goal I had for so long and it's, it's tough at Carmel. It, it really is hard to be varsity, be on the top seven sure. at a high school like that. Um, and it's having like, you know, having to wait till your senior year, like you're not one of the elite guys that like you have to put in that work. Um, and then you get that one chance is, is really cool. Yeah. Is, uh, is 45th about what you expected to be or did you have a good day, bad day? So that that's, it's funny. It's funny you say that. So I would say I didn't really have an idea of what even a good place was. Um, look, I actually had a, a journal I was writing in at the time about stuff like this. And I had written down a cool goal would be to be in the top 35. I didn't, I didn't really care that much individually. Like I just, I wanted us to win as a team. Um, I had written down the number 35. So I came in 45th. I was honestly disappointed immediately after, like right when it happened, like I, I just thought I ran terrible. It didn't feel like a normal race. Mm. Um, and then it's so funny. Cause now on the flip side of that, as a coach, I would love if like our top 
three, four, five guys, we're running 45th in the state. Are you kidding yeah. me? Like if you can have two or three guys in the top 50, you're in a great, you're in a great spot. Sure. Um, but at the time it was, it was just, I, I wasn't sure. Um, I thought maybe there's a chance to be top 25, like on a good day, but honestly, like I said, I was just, I was just worried about what the team was going to do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, how close was it? Did you guys win? So, uh, like the team score? Uh-huh. Carmel 64, Columbus North 78. Dang. So 14 points. It's it's one of the lower scores for like a first and second place um, duo team. And I think because third was, I, I want to say, over 100 points back. Okay. So it was definitely a two-horse race that year. Um, But yeah, and then so to get back to like the national meet and kind of talking about the national stage. So yeah, we, we won the NXR regional that year. Um, got to go to Portland and that was, it was still a goal, but to me, state was the bigger goal. Um, but again, after it was like, all right, let's try to make nationals. Let's get there. Um, the meet itself was a really cool experience. I, it's, it's just awesome to be with, be with my team, um, meet a lot of cool people, like see a lot of cool athletes. And I, I like to say that for, so I try to help my athletes kind of accomplish a lot of the things I did. Now, obviously not all of that is possible, but like, I feel like I experienced a lot of different things that a lot of mm -hmm. people don't get to. Um, there, there were very few things I didn't experience. Now, one of those is individual, like elite success, but mm -hmm that's you know where that, those are my limitations as an athlete yeah. um but you know for the team wise that's i would say is one of the cooler things um being being able to do it was yeah. fun it was fun. yeah absolutely um so post call or post high school sorry you end up getting right into coaching um what was kind of the motivation for that did had you wanted to be a coach for a while or yeah, I, I think my coaching story is kind of kind of funny. Um, the the first team I ever remember like officially coaching, and I say that in air quotes. I know this is an audio medium, but um, <laughs> my my brother's ninth grade basketball team, or, or eight, I think they were in eighth grade at the time, eighth grade basketball team. Okay. Me and a friend were helping out like who, whoever their coach was, and we ended up like coaching the team. And again, this all kind of goes circles back to basketball, right? Um, but I, I just always liked being in a coach's spot of finding an edge to help your team win, thinking outside the box, um, you know, doing things just, just like that, that a coach would playing any sport or game, right? Like again, out, out on the playground at recess, um, board games, just thinking outside the box, doing those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't really until the end of high school, I thought like, oh, I can, actually try to be a coach like at some point like that's a thing yeah. <laughs> like I have coaches like I can actually be a coach and so I, I I can just go into the Carl middle school thing is that okay yeah absolutely so towards the end of my senior year I knew I would I knew I'd be um staying in the area that following high school and so mm -hmm. coach Aaron McCrill who's now the head girls track coach at Carmel yeah he was an assistant with the boys at the time for cross country and I you know talked to him about this and told him like hey it'd be maybe cool to coach and he had been at the middle school previously I think the two years before that so he had you know good inside with the coaches there 
And so he helped me get set up with coach Miller at, um, at Carmel middle school. And, you know, I got to come to a practice and then she was, I, I was honored that she let me come on board and coach with them. And, um, yeah, that's, I guess that's, that's how I got my start in coaching. So I, when I, when I first stepped in a practice as a coach, I was 18 years old. And I, I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, that is cool. Uh, so was it like love right away? Just like, okay, this is what I want to do for at least a while. Or what was the initial reaction? Um, it's a good question. I, I think a lot of it was being involved with the sport still. So I, I didn't really think like, oh, I'll, at, at that at that time I didn't think like oh I'll coach forever or I'll you know coach for a long time like maybe this will be a two-year thing like while I'm still in in Carmel um mm -hmm. so no I, I guess I didn't no I did not think like for sure that would be the longest term type of thing yeah for sure but uh did you enjoy it like did you um yeah I don't know did it, like scratch the itch of wanting to coach very much yeah I, I think being yeah being able to again be a part of the team like being able to coach um just get get accustomed to i don't know just how it, it how, like be I, I should say being an authority figure for kids mm -hmm. um that was kind of different to experience but it was kind of a good thing to start like learning um you know if if i wanted to coach but yeah um, those sorts of things, I think just, and again, being around the sport, I think just, just kept me coming back to that. Yeah. What about, uh, the age? What about like working with middle, middle schoolers? Did you enjoy that? <laughs> you know, I did. I think it was a really good, like first coaching position to, to, yeah. to be in for me, be an assistant with middle schoolers. So what I'll say about, about middle school, obviously middle school kids are pretty wild yeah. and fun. <laughs> and I think but that's good because I think they also respond to like the fun side of things. Like you, you have to be willing to have fun as a middle school coach. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think the kids saw that in me. Um, and then the cool thing is like, they still want to improve. Like they still want to get better. Um, and it's, I, I just think at the middle school level, it's all about getting them. You want them to take it seriously, but you also want them to be able to want to do it farther than eighth grade. Mm, yeah, right. There shouldn't be pressure put on. There, sh there shouldn't be too high of intensity or training. I, I think whatever it takes to get them to want to do it at the next level, um, yeah, is kind of the key. So, yeah, and like I said before, just learning to be an authority figure, I think, was important, or it's just something I learned coaching sure. at the school level. What a what would you say is your like coaching style or maybe what are some of your like strengths as a coach? Are you like pretty high energy, pretty like organized? Like, what are you good at? That's a good question. Um, if you ask a lot of coaches that know me, they would definitely say detail oriented. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm always at you like trying to get ahead of the curve on what we're doing before a day, mostly so I can think through the logistics of how it's all going to work. Right. Like mm -hmm. I kind of have to think through everything, make sure, um t's are t's are crossed i's dotted whatever mm -hmm. um so detail oriented would be one thing but i think more of like coaching the kids style i i'm definitely a relationship type of person um mm -hmm. like i i want to you know let the kids know like i'm there for them 
like that I'm, I'm here for them that we can, whether it's, you know, now when I'm coaching them or past that, or even not having to do with running. Like I always try to make sure I, I make a conscious effort, make sure I'm talking about the, talking to the kids about not running stuff because mm, yeah. every word out of my mouth that they usually hear is running stuff. And right. so I think it's a refresher for them to hear not running stuff. Um, and so I think just being that like positive, again, not that, not all that, not all coaches are positive, but just being that kind of like, and ener- like you kind of said, energizing influence um, at practice and just walk in with a smile on my face and be able to say like, Oh, Horowitz is here. Like, yeah, like awesome. Ready for practice. Um, so I think that's kind of how I've always been um, just maintaining and, and making those relationships with, with kids and, and coaches. Yeah. Is there anything about coaching that uh, pushes you out of your comfort zone? Yeah. I, I'm not huge on public speaking, um, <laughs> which is crazy considering I do coach and like I've had groups as big as 50, you know, mm-hmm. to be able to coach or honestly more than that. I think the middle school team was probably a hundred when I was, when I was oh, there. Yeah. Um, so it definitely pushes me out of my comfort zone. And I think like you probably find this with the podcast, like as much as you do them, you're still like a little bit nervous yeah. <laughs> for the next one. Right. Sure. Um, and so I think like every time I get ready to, to speak to a team, I'm still a little bit nervous, but like, I know the message that I want to send that I want to give. Um, and it gets a little bit easier every time. Yeah, so. for sure. Yeah. So then I've been thinking a lot about recently, like in regards to nerves is like, I, I don't want to not be nervous. Cause I feel like it's a good sign that I care about what I'm doing and like want to do a good job at whatever I'm doing, but like not letting the nervousness like spill over into like physical effects, I guess. Or like, I don't know when you get like super nervous, like it, you like the lump in your throat, your heart's beating, mm-hmm. whatever, like, I don't know. Like how, how can you kind of draw that line? Like still like really care about what you do, but not, I don't know, not let it affect how you do it. Kind of yeah. Thing. Yeah. I think cause, well, I guess here's what I would say. Like sometimes like you don't want to, sometimes you like don't want the kids to see you being nervous maybe. Um, but I think occasionally it's okay to let them know in your actions, like, Hey, th- like this is a tough thing. Like, we're also human mm-hmm. like and i think they even it like it, it attracts them more to like wanting to listen pay attention and i, I try to keep my stuff like short and sweet just it's like hey guys mm-hmm. fo- focus in on on me right now while we're saying these one one two three things mm-hmm. um and that usually helps me also just keep it keep my composure um yeah yeah no that, that's good um okay what a what inspired the move to Bloomington South? How did that transition? Okay. Go? So it was, um, I, I was moving to Bloomington, like I was going to be starting school. And I knew at that point I wanted to keep coaching. Like it was like, you had talked about like having the itch or whatever. Like I knew at that point, I wanted to, at least if I was going to be there, try to coach. So I reached out to Larry Williams, the head coach, and sent him an email. I just introduced myself, um, you know, told him I ran at Carmel, told him I coached a little bit at Carmel Middle School. I said, do you have any open positions, any open coaching positions? And so I, I knew I wanted to try the high school level just kind of as the next step. I was, 
not that I was done with the middle school, but it was a good experience. Let's see if I can do high school. And I mm-hmm. didn't know how the high school programs worked, you know, anywhere else. I feel like, was I qualified at all to be right. a part of a high school program? Right. Um, and he emailed me back within however long, week or two, and said that his, you know, said that, you know, nice to meet you, obviously, like, we'd, I'd want to meet. Um, but also that my son, so his son, Anthony Williams actually ran. Oh yeah. With, he was a year younger than me, but like we were in high school together. And so he was also at, um, the all-star cross country camp that I know has been mentioned many times on here, but we were, we were both at the camp together and we got to hang out a little bit there. So like, I kind of knew him from that. And so he was able to tell his dad, his coach, Larry, that a little bit more about me, um, and then, you know, we met, talked a little bit about coaching philosophy, just different things, see if I was a good fit. And the rest is kind of history. Like he, he, he allowed me to join the team and been coaching there ever since. That's awesome. So you're, you're an assistant there now. Correct. Yes. Assistant okay. uh, cross country and assistant for track and then okay. distance coach for track. Yeah. yeah. What, uh, what's kind of a day in the life? Like what's your involvement with the team right now? Yeah. So during, I mean, during the track season, it's, so Larry will, he's the head cross country coach and the head track coach. Uh, but during track, he will, he, he coaches the pole vault. I mean, he moves around a lot, but he's basically the pole vault coach as well. Um, so he's mostly working with them. And so I, me, and then, um, we have another, actually somebody who I coach Tice Bamba is one of our coaches. Oh, cool. Now, so the two of us are kind of heading up the distance along with um, another coach Williams. Um, so we do, do you, do you want to know just like kind of the role or just kind of like, like train, like what's an everyday schedule, I guess. Um, You could do both. Like what, uh, like what's your involvement? Like, are you doing any of the training and things like that? Okay. Oh, okay. I got it. Yeah. 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 So I'd say the, the way our kind of, we, we try to do the training together. Um, It's definitely mostly sort of what you know what coach Williams has always done but I will definitely give my input um to what I see fit or if I you know because again I'm around I'm the one around the distance guys more of the time Mm -hmm. um and so if you know I know like hey these guys are maybe more tired this week like let's cut some off this workout or let's move it to another day stuff like that so Mm -hmm. and he definitely values my input and I really appreciate that and that was you know, I mean, I, I, th- I think I had to earn that trust a little bit, um, mm. but I've definitely earned that to, you know, to the point now of like, okay, I can help out a lot with the training, um, map it out, even if it's, again, it's, it's not necessarily like my own, but I definitely have influence and input on that. For sure. Um, let's go to the coaching philosophy. Yeah. If you want to, Maybe you kind of want to do a little bit of both of like, what, what do you guys do at Blooming South? And then like, what, if you had your own team and you could do whatever yeah. you wanted, is there like some key principles that you yeah. really believe in? This, this feels like a, a coaching interview. This is good. <laughs> yeah. this, is good this is good practice for the, if, if, and when the day comes. Um, there you go. So the training that we, that we do at South for, for distance running, I'd say it's, it's a combination of a lot of things. And this, this is what I was going to say earlier when we were going to start talking about philosophy is that Mm -hmm. not every single training program is the same. Um, Even if one school does 
Pavo and another school does Pavo, like the head coaches are going to do some things differently that are you know, different from each other. Like one school is mm-hmm. doing Daniels and other schools doing Daniels. They're not exactly the same. So that being said, Bloomington South, I'd say is we do a mix of a few things, but we mostly do. Um, we'll have tempo runs. We'll have LT intervals, like, you know, 800s, Ks, sometimes 1200 meter intervals where you we would do like 8,000 meters worth of work at LT pace on a day. So like five miles. So, I mean, it's, it's almost like a split PPM. If yeah. for those who know the term, um, <laughs> the, the Carmel podcast, but, uh, and then we do our own version of like CIs, VO2 max 400. So distance wise, especially during cross country, that's, it's, it's similar, right? Tempos, 400 CIs closer to, you know, like a, not necessarily 5k race pace, but VO2 max CI stuff. Okay. And then during track, maybe the only adjustment, since you're doing faster stuff on the track, we try to maybe make some of the workouts faster, like do more race pace stuff, depending on what event you're in. Um, and then I think one of the keys we found a few years ago was, especially towards the end of the season, doing a, doing more rest, like in between workout days. Mm. And that way we were able to run a little bit harder on the workout days. For uh, sure. And then, so I guess my coaching philosophy mm-hmm. like if you told me hey you're the head coach of this cross-country team what mm-hmm. are you going to do i'm definitely one to do more of like a hybrid pavo hybrid type system as we okay. kind of talked about like 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 i did in high school um now obviously obviously and honestly i can say like i've learned maybe the things that i want to change from that um you know, whether it's mileage, progression, but also with this philosophy, like you can't, and I think this goes for every coach, every philosophy, you can't be set in this one like training style that you have because mm-hmm. there's so many factors to running school size, um, what I like to call running age. So like, yeah. you know, if you're, you could be a freshman and have been running for five years right, and yeah. doing 30 miles a week, but you could also be a junior and your first year of running you're going to do something completely different yeah so there's lots of factors like that you have to consider um but for the most part i am a fan of run to become a better distance runner you have to learn how to run far fast yeah (laughs) aka ppm um and again that the distance is it's a progression that changes based on who's running it but so when i say you know pavo hybrid it's definitely using ppms um ci 400s similar like vo2 max to what we do at bloomington south so it's it's honestly a little bit of a mix but that's definitely what what i would do okay cool uh what about the cultural side of things like what uh what do you guys do at bloomington south and is there anything that you you'd maybe do in your own program my my, my favorite topic um right. i i consider myself the the, the culture leader um, every, every year at team camp, we do, I do two kind of separate talks, a, li- a talk on the little things and then a talk on team culture. And mm-hmm. I think that's, that's definitely one of the big things I took from Carmel. Um, it, and, and not even just, not just from Carmel, from any good team, good team that excels is having a good team culture. But I think especially mm-hmm. on the high school level where there's a lot of different personality there's a lot of different types of kids and you don't want, 
I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it for, you know, like a better term, whatever, like maybe lesser behaved kids, like you don't want them taking down everyone else. Um, but you emphasize that like, this is a team, like everything we do is hopefully for the team and that you want to make every guy or girl feel a part of the team. And mm-hmm. so we, we do as much as we can together. Um, you know, obviously when you get too big of a team, you sometimes have to keep things separated or like if, for example, we had this happen this week, like some guys weren't competing in one of our meets and, mm-hmm. you know, do they go on a different schedule, a different training schedule? But for the most part, we try to do all those things together. Um, and I think two, two of my favorite or main points culture wise, mm-hmm. seniors, it, senior is not a synonym for leader. So grade does not determine your leadership role. Senior could mean you're maybe more of a vocal leader, but when you're younger, it's it's more common to lead maybe by example, but it's also okay to lead vocally. Um, and th- sometimes those leaders just they they assert themselves accidentally, right? Like you can you yeah. probably notice it on the team as well, um, seeing people who will say something or do something and people will follow and they set a good example, be a good role model. Um, and then the other thing is that you don't, I, I tell every, every team this every year, you do not have to be best friends with everyone on the team. I, I hope that a lot of your best friends will come from people on the team just because of the bond you can build. You don't have to be best friends, but you have to be teammates. Hmm. And that's it's just something I take I take to heart like you want people you want them to respect each other um to every extent possible like you're going through all this stuff together like the the best thing just be a good teammate to each other um and you don't you don't have to be a friend you don't have to see anybody outside of practice you don't want to but while you are at practices at our meets you're going to be a good teammate um and support each other and I think that's the biggest thing is getting guys one to 30 on the team or however many you have to support backward right like one supports 30 30 supports one and all the way through um so those i'd say the main kind of culture points that we do and that i try to bring to every team and every group that i yeah have you seen those things like take hold in your your teams and play out yes i i wish i would have jotted a few more of these things down but one one sort of story like this I can immediately kind of go to is when you see our number one runner go over to our number 30 runner mm. and talk to not again not even about running like they're they're talking about you know a game or like a show or something um and you can see that kind of play out firsthand or when guys are finishing workouts and you don't have to say like hey you, you know high five your teammate like applaud your teammate they're, they're just going to do it because they know like after a workout you went through this workout together like let's celebrate that let's high five let's knuckle let's let's bump let's give knuckles um uh-huh. i try to do that after every workout like hey like let's give knuckles everyone gets one knuckle touch um <laughs> and you see the guys doing it too and you see leaders pop out that you might not have expected yeah um what motivates you as a coach maybe even like i'm the hard days when you're pulling up to practice and you're like, dang, I kind of don't want to be here. What, uh, like what keeps you going? Yeah. I, I think every, every coach has those days and they obviously might not show it, 
as much. And I think that's part of it. But like we talked about earlier, sometimes it's okay to show the emotion that you have. But in in the sense, I know that you're kind of getting at, um, like I kind of said, like I, I do this for the kids. Um, mm-hmm. Like, yes, there's a lot of it that I get out of it, but I want, I want to try to get them, you know, as many memories as possible, like accomplish as much as they can um, get them to do all the things that, like, like I said, I, I kind of did throughout my high school career mm-hmm. and put them in a position to where they're not just better runners, but, but good people as well when they, when they leave. I, I want every person that leaves any program I'm a part of to have good memories of mm. when they were, when they were with me. Um, and so going into practice with that mindset or that thought is kind of, I guess, what keeps me going on a worse day. Now there's definitely days where you can see that and I'll talk a lot less or I'll be more short with, you know, with the team. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think they, they understand the tone that I will give at different points. Like, all right, like it's, it's time, it's serious. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd say that's kind of how I approach that. Yeah. Um, so you've been at Bloomington South for six years now? Yes. Okay. Well, so if I'm doing my math right, this is actually my seventh track season. Okay. Uh, so you mentioned like you want the kids that you coach to like look back on their time on the team and, and being coached by you like fondly. Um, have you had opportunities to like to talk with former athletes or kind of see those like full circle moments come to fruition? Yes. All, all the time. Um, I, it, it was, it's actually kind of, I have two kind of stories for this. So mm-hmm. I, when I coached Carmel middle school, those kids were in high school when I was coaching at Bloomington South. Oh yeah. So I was, I was able to cheer for kids from Carmel that I coached at Carmel middle school during their Carmel races. And I was, you know, be able to see them in a meet, give them a high five and, that that was pretty cool and even some of those kids post their which this is my first like feel old moment again i coached at 18 but still the kids that i coached at carl middle school are now um in college that's crazy yeah um so that that was kind of one side of it and then now since i've been at south obviously like it's those kids are now graduating like i'm not moving up to i haven't moved up to any college to coach any kids yeah. <laughs> um but yeah i try to first of all like when seniors graduate like hey let's let's get together let's you know just whether it's a graduation style thing like just try to see them again um Mm -hmm. be like thank you like i'm glad i got coaches stuff like that um but then also i'm lucky that a lot of the guys i've coached enjoy a lot of the same things i do like sports Mm -hmm. and um obviously some running so i've gotten i've gotten to like go on runs with kids that i've coached that's been awesome to reach out and be like hey you you know you want to run like are you free here whatever but then also i i've been in a fantasy football league with a few of the kids i coached like (laughs) that was a lot of fun to have this group of guys that i coached and now we're there in college and i can be in a fantasy football league with them um we (laughs) just had our we just had our bracket challenge um and so i'm i'm curious to see so this is i guess an interesting part of it too from my perspective where i am I'm five, six years older than those kids that I coached. Um, I, actually, it's funny. The The shortest gap I had between me and an athlete I coached was, I think, two years. When I was when I first got to South and I was 20, and I think there was a senior that was 18. 
I think that's just crazy. I was coaching someone only two years younger than me, but so anyway, the, but the guys now, like they're close, it's still pretty close in age. Like there was mm-hmm. a time where I was obviously an authority figure to them, but now five years, it's like, okay, well you kind of go through a lot of the same life things. Um, and so I'm, I'm honestly excited for, you know, maybe 10 years down the road. And now it's like, we're really going through like similar life stuff and to look back and kind of be on the same level at that point, if that, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Um, I was going to ask, it's a good segue. I was going to ask you about, I guess your experience of being a young coach, like what have been the the pros, the cons? Cause like we're, out, I think we're the same. Are you 27? We're the same class. We both graduated 2014, right? Yeah. 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 When's your birthday? Uh, January. Okay. I'm September. So I'm, okay. I'm a little bit older, okay. uh, right? You were January 96. Yep. Yeah. Um, what, what day I I'm, I'm good at remembering birthdays. I'll try to remember. Oh, there we go. A little present, uh, January 29th. Okay. All right. All right. I'll try to remember. Um, <laughs> mine's the impressed. 20th for anyone out there that wants, wants to get me a birthday present, yeah. usually during cross country, which is nice. There you go. So <laughs> as, okay. Yes. So we're, we're about the same age. So we kind of can look through some of the same experiences, the same lens. But I think the the pros as a young coach are like you just get to soak everything in, um, sure. and it's it's funny because again, still a young coach, but have almost ten years of coaching experience. It's like, am I still a young coach? Yeah. Right. I guess I mean <laughs> um, like young age wise. Yeah. Right. But, so it's yeah. like I'm still soaking things in. Um, but I think a really good pro, which I'm sure you find out, is that like you can just relate to the kids maybe a little bit better mm-hmm. than older coaches and that's just well larry williams doesn't have tiktok he's not going to go near tiktok like <laughs> I, I i don't have tiktok anymore but um right like i'm i know some of those things that the kids are involved in that they uh-huh. that they see do um and then yeah just like in the know on on the lingo yeah sure. now i i will admit it's getting the point where I'm getting out of the loop on lingo. I had a couple of those moments last season. Um, but I think, I think the main thing is again, just being relatable to the kids, like just being a good kind of midway point of the, the head coach and and the athletes. Um, yeah. Yeah. What about, uh, what about the cons? The- okay. I, I was, I was trying to come up with some stuff. So I think the, the, the first thing that kind of came to mind was you might not be taken as seriously Mm-hmm. um you have to you have to again earn that trust or you know be able to show like you know what you're talking about or at least you know have passion mm-hmm. for it um and then like the the main con which i think we can all agree with is just you, you don't have the final decision in in things yeah. which is which is okay like i can accept that like i know that i will give my input the head coach they have the final decision they will make the decision and whether i like it or not I'm going to roll with what they want. And that, that helps keep a good, you know, head coach, assistant coach relationship and balance. Um, but it's, it's obviously a con of being an assistant. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, no, I definitely agree with like almost everything you said there. Um, I, the lingo thing, I feel like I'm mostly in like up to date with the lingo, but if sometimes when I don't recognize things that they say, it's like kind of nice and like, okay, I'm, I don't want to be like too into it, you know? Yeah. Um, so one con that I've, I've seen, I think partly being young, but partly also being the assistant, not having the, like, like you said, the final decision, the final authority on things. 
like they'll they'll kind of push their their luck a little bit, push their boundaries a little bit. Or like yes, they'll say some things that they would say to their friends, but they probably shouldn't say to me because they think, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. It's just like a different type of relationship being the assistant and also being a little bit younger. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't no, know. You're, it's a tough line. Yeah. You're absolutely right. No, I, you definitely run into that a lot. Um, and I, I will immediately say something along the lines of, I don't want to hear that. Yeah. Or like, <laughs> let me, or like, let me walk away. No, again, if, and if it's something even worse, like make sure they know, like it's wrong with what they said, but mm. um, you, you're right. They, they feel like they can say those things to you, which you appreciate, but you also need them to know, Hey, like, and I think for me, like the guys have kind of found the line of that, which is good. For sure. I, yeah. That's a great point. That's like, you want them to feel comfortable, like talking to you about like running specific stuff. Mm. So like appreciate that they're willing like feel open enough to like share some stuff that they probably shouldn't. Yeah. Um, also like boys together is like night and day, like with them alone. Like there are guys on the team that will say insane stuff, like when they're around each other, but like when I'm one-on-one with them, they're like, it's like talking to an adult almost. Yeah. It's, it's like wild. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's it's been a learning experience in a lot of ways, but it's cool. I like I think I mentioned this on the podcast before, but like trying not to to wish this time away. Um yeah. like it sounds like you also would like to be a head coach one day and like it's easy to think about that time. Um, but I don't know, just taking advantage of the of this time as well for sure. Mm-hmm. Um I was gonna ask you something else, but I'm like totally blanking on it. Uh, so do you want to talk about media? Talk about mile split? Yeah, we can get into media. Or is there anything yeah. else we missed about coaching? Uh, I'm trying to think, just based on what we had. Um, no, I think we covered a lot, and I you, you've talked to a lot of coaches. Um, so I don't know. Ho- hopefully, we added something new to the the coaching conversation. Um, but if, and then if anything, like hopefully people are hearing what is consistent across coaching conversations. Um, I think that's kind of something I've, I thought about a lot, like with the clinic um, a couple mm-hmm. months ago is you know, so many things are being said, but like see what's consistent across the presentations. And like, maybe those are the things that, that you could take or should take. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. To that point, it's been really interesting. Like obviously interviewing a lot of coaches, like seeing what is similar across programs, what's maybe different. And then just like being your own coach, you know, like what, uh, like, what do you agree with? What do you not agree with? Like what, I don't know. Like you're, I heard someone say, I forget who it was, but like you're the, the chef of your own team. So like you, there are a million ingredients out there. You kind of have to choose what's best for your, mm-hmm. for your athletes, for your team, for your yeah. program. Uh, so it's been cool. Like learning those, those things along the way. Um, so you are now working for mile split. You wouldn't yes. mind just kind of sharing that story. How'd you get involved? Where are you now? All that good yeah, stuff. Yeah, of course. So I'm trying to think of the timeline, because it's actually been just over a year. Um, but I was first approached by Rick Sluter, who was the previous state editor. And he just, he one, wanted me to help contribute a little bit. Um, but I think he also kind of had in his mind that he would want to turn it over to somebody at some point, whether it was me or not, or, or somebody else. Um, and so during last track season, I was able to kind of get accustomed to it, like just sort of find a niche, like 
try to write articles, write recaps, go to meets, do some coverage um, as a contributor. And then over the summer, they like officially were interviewing for like the new state editor and I applied and, um, and I obviously I got it. And so now like being the state editor, it's, it's a little bit of a different role. Like there's definitely more involved, but I'm doing a lot of the same things like, you know, meet coverage, um, trying to get recaps and previews and um, certain lists, which depending on when you're listening to this, you'll know how, you know, how the, how the, how the site's looking. But um, yeah, I'd say that's, that's how I kind of came into the milestone role. Yeah. Has there been anything that you've uh, made that's been surprising about being kind of deeper into the coverage of the sport that you've, like learned or taken away yeah so I, it's funny in my like intro article a year ago, or six months ago i said something about just wanting to keep showing like how special the indiana running community is um and it's it's like closer than i thought already um and i think it's even a little bit different now than 10 years ago like when we were in high school because kids are again social media like more connected like i'm i've told i've told my guys this i am so jealous of like every kid knowing every kid from every school. Like, it seems like you go to me and they're, they're all talking, they're chatting, like obviously even after races. And then you see like in the Instagram comments that ever like all the top kids are kind of commenting congratulations to yeah. whoever's post it was. And I just, I never did that. And I don't, do you remember it happening much when we were in high school? No. Yeah. Cause like Strava wasn't a thing. Like social media was yeah. kind of just taking off. Mm -hmm. I remember Twitter like had just come out like maybe my freshman year or eighth grade or it was like something like that yeah yeah so it was definitely like, yeah like I, I remember taking a picture with Westfield like yeah. once and then like I remember an all-star camp was kind of our like social media where we mm. met people at the camp and those were the people I knew from out of outside of Carmel um but yeah so th that would be one thing just how close the community is already and obviously like Indiana loves their cross country and track. Like it's, you know, I obviously like it, it's good. It's good to have so many of these sites and I love how many places people in Indiana can go to get different types of content and coverage. Like the podcast, the IR podcast has obviously brought that um, to a new level. Like with you doing these interviews and uh, Colin being pretty consistent with getting stuff out um mile split trying to get more video coverage like photo coverage um you know leaderboard stuff that goes on both so indiana loves just cross country and track mm -hmm. and i think we you know we have like a responsibility to try to uphold our end of it um and the 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 last thing i guess i would say learning from covering the sport is that in the conversations that i've had with a lot of the athletes it's nice to see like they're just kids and you have to remember that like i because honestly i'm i get some starstruck by some people still like just like oh it's that fast person like it's just yeah. cool to talk to that fast person and mm -hmm. then you're like oh yeah like they're they're just kids like they're enjoying their life as a high schooler um and they're gonna you know, and hopefully you know stay on that path and do whatever they want to do but it's like they're they're just kids they're having the same fun that like we had um, they're just they're just a little bit faster than everyone else yeah for sure that, that is definitely a huge like takeaway I've seen with like some of our better kids like on in this one scenario they're like the elite of the elite like in the high school 
running, but outside of that, they're just they're just kids. They like have the same interests as other kids. They got homework. They got everything. Yeah, that any other kid would have. It's it's yeah. interesting to see that. Um, where do you envision yourself going with Mile Split, or where do you see the site kind of taking? Yeah, I hope there's I'm trying to think of. You know, it's it's not lim- I was I wouldn't I don't I don't want to say limited, but like there's certain things that Miles Bit likes to do, um, and so like obviously like I'm I'm hoping one thing that is even being worked on as we speak is getting more meets live streamed, mm-hmm. um, mostly track. I, I'm not sure about cross country, but trying to get some track meets live streamed. Um, just e- expanding coverage is big, and for that we need more people. Um, some, you know, constantly at meets trying to recruit, get, you know, more photographers, more people that can do video st- uh, style stuff. Um, but it's, it, you know, you asked me like what the dream would be like for the site. Like it's, it's cool to, I, I kind of go off of what like sites like ESPN or Bleacher Report do and how consistent they are with things. Now we can't really do that. We're just not as big of a company or whatever, but mm-hmm. um those sorts of style thing. Like it's, it'd be cool, right. If our kids experienced that sort of hype, like for the sport. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think just to get more people involved, just again, continue to get more coverage. Yeah. So, so being the state editor, like what is your involvement with the like national brand? Like, are you going to any meetings or like, what's your, yeah. Relationship with that? Does you, so we have, we do have every once in a while, a, like a full team meeting with all the state editors, um, the people at the mile split national on their site as well. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly just to go over like general things, but um, we do have conversations with a lot of people across like the country, the other state editors, the other, the national team members to say like, Oh, Hey, this performance happened. Like that could go on the national site or like mm-hmm. somebody, you know, people have reached out to me to be like, you know, make sure this meet is covered well. Um, okay. So there's definitely communication like between all the pages. Yeah. What do you, uh, what do you see the future of, I guess like Indiana distance running coverage being like, is there anything missing or is there anything you wish you could sell more? I guess you mentioned like live streams. Yeah. So again, like I kind of said before the, the ideal in an ideal world, like it's being covered like other sports like the way like espn is able to cover like that's like best case scenario but we obviously don't we don't have that right now um so i guess just again continuing to grow the sport um incentivizing more participation in cross country and track uh spreading more knowledge of running training coaching the kids um awareness of the athletes highlighting the bigger stars, the bigger moments. Those are, that's all we can do. Like, yeah, you can't make somebody watch track and field or like follow track and field or f- follow any sport, for example, like you have to make them want to seek it out. And mm-hmm. I think those are the best ways to do it and to grow the sport. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, cool. Well, before we wrap up, I want to ask you about your own running as well. Okay. Um, where has it gone since, uh, since graduating high school? Uh, and where, where do you plan to go? Yeah. So I, I definitely still have a few running goals, um, and they're ever changing, but I would say, so post high school, 
I was, I, I did some like five Ks, you know, road races, like didn't, wasn't like hardcore training, I guess. Um, but I also didn't do a half marathon until after high school. I wanted to kind of get clear of my, or stay clear of like all my high school training before I did a half marathon. I didn't want it to affect anything. Um, and so like 2015, I did my first half marathon. I've done four halves, one full. I did the Carmel full, the Carmel marathon in 2018, I think. So that's, that's been my one full, um, a big a life goal of mine is to qualify for Boston. Nice. Um, again, being from Massachusetts, like that's just being a, from Massachusetts, being a runner has to be a goal that I, I, I want to, to do. Were you um, close? Define close. <laughs> <laughs> I was close at the halfway point pace wise. There um, you go. No, you I, I, my time was three twenty two, something okay. like that. So I, I think the, the call time for me is, 255 um so i like i halfway i i think i was at like 130 so it was sort of on pace my my training for that marathon did not go the way i wanted it to mm-hmm. um it was actually it was the first time in a long time that i couldn't run because of like an injury um okay. and so just again didn't get the training in that i wanted to but um outside, yeah outside of the halves and the marathons um my other big running goal that I have for my life is to see how many years in a row I can break five minutes in the mile. Okay. And so, right. So 2023 will be year number 13. I have not done it yet. Have not attempted. Um, but so 2011 was my freshman year. First year I broke five. Uh-huh. I've broken five in the mile every year since. Um, okay. And I want to keep that going as long as I can. I, I don't know exactly like what the goal is other than just to keep doing it. I think 40 is reasonable age 40. Sorry. Okay. not So age 40. So that would be like 30 years in a row or 25 years, 25, 25 is the number where I'm like, that would feel really good. 25 yeah. years in a row. Um, and could, then could you do it right now? Like if I went and warmed up and uh-huh. no, my, yeah, okay. my training the last few months has not been what I've wanted it to be. Okay. Um, so no, but I still have time. Yes, you it's do. March. It is March. Um, so, and I, okay. And then, so whether I have the street going or not, I would love to attempt or try to do it in my fifties. Breaking oh. five in my fifties would be crazy. That would be crazy. Um, so I, again, whether the streak's live or not, it'd be fun to attempt it. Um, so we'll see, we'll just see how long I, I think I can coast a few more years um like you know wake up one day and say all right let's see when i like how how long can i train to break five i think like six to eight weeks is what i need to then try and break five but the older i get the the more time it's going to take to say all right i'm gonna i want to break five you know five years from now it could take 10 weeks or Mm, three months and four months so and the biggest part of that for me i think is i just have to stick like just keep running like yeah. the more breaks I have, the harder it's going to be to come back from that. Um, so yeah, so year year thirteen awaits. Okay. Yeah. Do you ever run with Do you ever run with the guys like with the team? Yeah, I do. I, again, not in the last you know month or so, but uh, I, my goal would, it would be like once a week on average to run with them. Um, yeah. Again, just depending on what shape I'm in. I it, during cross country, I would try to do like all the time trials that we do. 
Okay. Um, so like anytime there's a time trial, try try to run it with the guys. Just it, it's a fun thing for them, but also like depending on what I'm trying to do or what shape I'm in, um, I'll I'll run with them. So yeah, definitely definitely good to go on runs with them. Okay. Do you know who uh, Tom Ullman is? Did, were you in high school with him? We were not in high school together. So his senior when he was a senior, I believe I was a eighth grader. So we yeah. were never in high school together. But I I do know who Tom is. Like he was he was a counselor for me at team camp and oh, all star cool. camp. Um, and so we've gotten to know each other really well, um, you know, post, post high school. Okay. I'm, I'm pretty sure this is right. I may be getting it wrong, but I heard that he does a birthday mile. Every okay. Week. You're thinking, you're thinking of Steven Gomez. Am I? Yes. Well, yeah. maybe Tom does it too. Maybe Tom might as well. Oh wait, no, no, you're right. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cause, cause I think Tom helped him pace his last one. Maybe that's yeah. what I'm confusing. Yeah, because yes, Gomez is the one that always that will always he does the, the birthday mile. Okay, yeah. okay, that makes sense. But also Tom is like is crazy. He just did did you see he did the Shamrock Shuffle? Yeah. Well, I didn't see his time though. It was like I think right at five minute pace, or maybe even a hair below, off like oh zero gosh. training and doing an eight K at five minute pace. He's he's an, he's an he's an incredible athlete. Incredible yeah. runner. That's yeah. great. Wow, that's crazy. I didn't realize he ran that fast. Go Tom. Yeah. I definitely want to um have him on the podcast eventually yes yes he would be a good one yeah for sure um but yeah and then uh, and then other than like because so this is what i had texted you about there's i have some unique kind of like style races that i like to do okay um so we talked about the rubik's cubes earlier yeah so i do a rubik's cube version of like a milk mile okay where (laughs) i so instead of drinking milk like you saw the cube and then run a lap okay and so I've done that a few different times. I, I actually competed in one against Chris Walden, which is which was a pretty cool moment. Um, he was a That's senior cool. when I was a freshman, uh, yeah. and we got to be close at All Star Camp and you know doing doing cubing races. Um, I beat him once. That's fun to go. say I beat Chris Walden. Um, <laughs> but so that's one thing I want to like try to do again this summer. Um, Caleb Williams and I did a joggling eight hundred last year. So okay. where, where you juggle and run at the same time, juggling. Nice. Um, so like that, that one attempt again, um, I've done a basketball dribbling mile. Okay. <laughs> um, so like all these like cool style races, they're just so they're fun to do. Yeah. They're, they're so sure. much fun. Like they're different, but it like, it also includes things that I like. Yeah. Have you ever done a marathon relay? Uh, no. What is, what is that? Um, so there's like a ton of different formats, but the gist of it is you break down a marathon between like X amount of people. Um, so I've done one where there were five of us and we would do like two point something ish mile loops. And we just like keep alternating until we hit a marathon. Um, and I did one in Michigan last year and I'm planning, hopefully going to do it again this year. Um, but the, like the legs were different um links but you like the when one runner finishes you like jump in a car and like drive to the next leg oh yeah um, but yeah. it's like i don't know i'm a huge relay fan like i love the four by eight like when i was in high school that was like by far my favorite event um so it's like just a cool like different way i don't know running can be such like a solitary sport especially when you're racing it's like just you but knowing like especially at i don't know there's not a ton of relay events like when you're right. older outside of high school yeah. um so yeah if you ever have the opportunity to you should you should do one yeah definitely yeah and like it's it's fun to make running fun so like doing yeah. all these sorts of events and 
just keeps it fresh, keeps it different. If, if anyone wants to see some of these races that I just said, uh, look, look up Josh Horowitz on, on YouTube. I have some, some race videos that I've put up there. So oh, there you go. Um, but some, some fun watches. Yeah. Do you ever compete with uh cubing or is that what you call it? Yes. So okay. yeah. Cube, so yeah, the Rubik's cube, there are cubing competitions. Um, after this, I'll, I'll send you a video so you can kind of see it, but Okay. There's yeah. There's a. It's called the World Cubing Association. Um. So the dev, the it's basically like the NBA for cubing. Um. <laughs> but bigger. But yeah, yeah, exactly. But bigger. <laughs> yeah, there's more people in the WCA than the NBA. Oh, for sure. Um. So there, yeah, there's actual competitions that like I've gone to, and there's different events. So I see. I knew this would come in handy. So like this is so for people again. This is an audio medium, but I'm showing Josh a couple of Rubik's cubes. Um. This is like the three by three size okay the, the normal right but then right. like you have like smaller ones like this the two by two and then there's bigger ones so like there's different events so like i know how to do more than just like the normal three by three okay um, and so yeah i've i've competed in in some events and nice. it's, it's really fun it's really cool it's, it's kind of like track meets like you yeah. go like you have your heat you have your section um like i qualified for the second round of hey. something in my last competition like it's it's pretty legit it's pretty cool yeah do you have anything planned coming up no nothing immediately my i had a competition in february um is that february i think it was in february so just just about a month ago had a competition um it, it went pretty well but that's they they happen so rarely in indie um and so it's hard to especially during cross country and track season like plan outside of that um to you know drive three or four hours away for some of them yeah so yeah that's cool yeah, yeah. i get in get in the chest i like i feel like i have a much more i have much more appreciation for like people who are into like more niche type stuff yeah and, um, yeah that's what goal, i was just thinking my uh kind of like bucket list or like goal is to play in like an over the board competition at some point like an in-person like chess tournament yeah. Um, that'd be cool it'd be pretty intimidating but i feel like like i definitely i mean i could now but i'd get destroyed <laughs> but I feel hey, that's like, how i felt at my first cuban competitions yeah kind of got gotten a lot better over time and uh, sure. yeah it's like yeah it's fun having like i don't know like obviously we have our like main passions of like coaching and, and things but having a little like side things to to work on is cool too yeah um so you shared that you have some some fun stats that you want i to do to discuss yes so you you asked me earlier about um my old podcast so i I had a podcast it's called the real stat guy podcast you still listen episodes there's some track episodes from like a year ago but no new content but that being said i am a stat guy i like to to deem (laughs) myself so i brought it i brought some stats for you horowitz with the stats so well let me make sure i'm in the right spot okay so this is my 17th appearance on the Indiana Runner podcast, believe it or not. Okay. First one in a long time. Um, you Have you only been on the interview ones? So yeah. Like, is this he, your 28th? Uh, yes. Yeah, he won't, okay. he won't let me on the other one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, my gosh, Colin. Um, no, but so, so this is your 28th. This is my 17th. And then this is the first IR podcast with both Josh's at the same uh, time i believe i don't think there's been another josh that has been on you can no. correct me if i'm wrong yeah no. i tried i tried to look through and find the other Josh's, um but i could not so first first josh podcast like you said the, the name 
top, top name on our name tiers. <laughs> um, so then I tried to look as much as I could on our head to head career okay. in high school. And <laughs> I wasn't sure. So I, I knew that like my, our senior year that I was ahead of you. Um, yeah, so by a lot. <laughs> yeah. But before then I, I wasn't, as good like as a freshman so i thought you probably beat me a few times and i and i was right so the the only disclaimer with this is that there's no actual races i could find that we were in the same race except no except yeah sec- wait yeah i think sectional and regional did you run sectional year or senior year um yes yeah i ran okay. it like sophomore on yeah. okay it just wasn't on the site then so sectional and regional our senior year because okay, then yeah and then obviously you guys didn't advance as a team sorry to bring that up <laughs> um that, that, that was cold that was cold to me i apologize uh, yeah um, no we were we were not very good but so out, outside of that i i actually have the lead three to two in high school cross-country races so my disclaimer was going to be that the two that you won we weren't in the same race, but it was on the same day. Okay. So I believe one of them was Hamilton County. You, our sophomore year, I think. Okay. You were in the varsity race. I was in JV. I think you were like 1726. I was 1745. That's so you had right. me on that day. <laughs> and then the other one that you won was sectional our junior year okay because yeah. i yeah because you were you were in the varsity yeah yeah you ran the sectional i was not in the sectional but we did a race before the sectional like we had yeah. our, you know when you could run time trials right. um and i ran my time and, and you beat my time so that so again we we're never like actually in the same race for some of these but we ran on the same day yeah what uh so what were your prs each year 1802 1706 1633 1559 okay you got me every year i was 18 wait you said 1801 two i was 1804 oh and then 1717 and then 1652 and then i don't know what happened my senior year i think my best time was like 1710 maybe okay i don't think i broke 17 again um Okay. more of a track yeah, guy you know you will and, that, and that's what i was gonna say you have me in basically everything track wise because you ran in more tournament races than i did because i ran in zero um oh really yeah I, I i didn't i never ran a tournament track race um, okay what did you what event did you kind of focus on in track or did you do them all or well so i i did the i, I did them all throughout all the distance ones throughout yeah. like high school um but i will say my my senior year if you i know this is kind of too late topic wise from what we we're talking about but if you talk about regrets that i had or maybe have it's that i sometimes wish i would have um came back a little bit better my senior year of track um mm. from cross country like i knowing what i think i could have done um i i know times that i could have run could have been much faster and it just didn't it just didn't end up the way i wanted it to but yeah, it's okay. I, was, I actually, so the, the, right after cross country, my senior year, basically like everyone in my class just kind of quit. Like we, we had, well, we had one guy who was really good, Calvin Kraft, who would yeah, like go on the run for Notre Dame. 
Um, but everyone else was like, I don't know. Like I was our second best guy and I was like a 17 minute guy that everyone else was kind of like 17, 18 and on, um, kind of just got into other things and they didn't end up running. And I like, I actually quit as well. And then went to an indoor meet, um, like maybe early January and like saw the guys run. And I was like, dang, I really miss this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up like coming back. I had to like apologize to the team <laughs> for quitting. Um, but yeah, then it would end up running like 203, but I'd run like two flat the year before. Mm-hmm. So that's like, a, yeah, I'm in a similar boat where like, dang, I wonder what I could have done. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize that you were on the four by eight that came in fifth. Yeah. That's awesome. Dude. Lowest lanker, slowest leg in a big deal. But hey, you, you had to have four guys. You had sure. four guys to make it happen. That's awesome. I was I was our third leg, I believe. Went too flat, not too bad. But uh I remember we got I got the baton in fifth and I was like right behind Lawrence North. And I was just like, I'm just not letting him go. <laughs> I cannot that was the, that was the strategy. That's awesome. That's but. great. So yeah, you, I have you, I have you in cross country, but you have me in track. Okay. There we go. I'll so there take you it. go. <laughs> um, all right. I, I'll try to make the, I know I've done a little bit, but I'll, I, I have a few more things. So they're mostly Josh related stuff. Okay. Meaning do you know, do you know who like the, I, I went on INCC stats. Do you want to guess or know who the top Josh is in INCC stats um, all time in Indiana? Do you- I don't know if you know the name, but I want, I want to see if, you, who you who you throw out could you give me a hint of like where where he stacks up like what rank you would be like is it is he a top 10 guy top 100 guy like like top 300 oh really all all time all time okay but he's like two something he's in he's in like the 200s what year he, he's uh I, you're gonna ask that i think 2010 was the senior year 2009 oh so like right before us yeah it's 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 a name I wouldn't expect a lot of people to know because honestly the only reason I know it is because Colin mentions him at the beginning of that 2010-1600 with Walden. So it's it's Josh Gannett of Northeast uh, Du Bois. Oh, okay. It's the top rated Josh on INCC stats for all Dang. time. Um, the rest of the top seven just no or re- notable names kind of going down. Josh Fletcher from Northridge and the coaching. Josh Graham, Huntington North, uh, Josh Roth, the Fishers. Oh, why we did I guess that? Right? What? Yeah. Yeah. So he's the fifth-rated <laughs> Josh of all time. Okay. Yeah. He's um, great. And then I'm the 11th-rated Josh of all time. Hey, there we go. That's cool. Uh, Josh Neadick, if you remember him from Eastbrook. Okay. So he was a he was a much better runner than me when it ended up coming down to it. But INCC stats cross country ratings. He's 14. Go. Like, got him there. Um, and then now if you just look at our teams, so Fishers, you're the third best Josh in Fishers history, <laughs> Roth, and yeah. then Malaris. Josh Malaris. Yeah. yeah. So you were teammates with both of them. Yeah. Yeah. I think, er, yeah, he was a seat. No. It said 2010 was his senior year. Okay. Was his senior year for cross? Yeah. Okay. Then he must've been his, see, I don't remember. Huh. Me was a senior when I was a freshman. I thought he was like a senior when I was in eighth grade, but okay. So he's okay. Th- so I'm third. You're third out of three. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. There's more. There's more. There we go. Uh, I, I just didn't go. I wanted. I got until I got to us. Yeah. Um. Yeah. 
I, I didn't realize this until I looked, but I am the the fastest Josh in okay. on INCC stats. Okay. Because I say that because I do not have the highest state place or the best time. Um, Josh Janko was 25th at state. Josh Trisser okay. was 35th. And then I was 45th. Um, and then if you're looking future wise, so this is, I'm going to tell Colin, Hey, you got to listen to the end of the podcast. Josh Kale. Josh Kale. Yep. He is the current Josh runner and he's a sophomore. And I'd say he's got a, got a good chance. I think my stats rating is like 16, 14. So I don't know what it'll take to get that, but there's something for Josh Kale to shoot for. (laughs) There we go. That's awesome. Um, I was going to ask you this way back, but are any of the kids that you coached at Carmel middle still on the team? No, no. Okay. I, I don't believe so. Um, the, I'm trying to think the last class I would have coached at Carmel middle school. Oh, wait, actually it, no, Lily Rose is not at Carmel anymore. Right. She graduated. I'm not sure. I'm not, I don't really know the girls team too well, okay. but that, that name doesn't sound familiar. I'm pretty sure the last class I coached at Carmel middle school just graduated. Okay. What about so any of the the boys like any notable boys that you coached at Carmel Middle? Will, Will Anderson. Okay, yeah. Would have been a recent graduate. I, did you coach him a year or were no. you after him? Okay. Uh, I was you yeah, year after him. I like okay. knew knew of him. Yeah. Just from being around the sport, but I'm trying to think of who else cuz he was a sixth grader when I started. So there's even one class after that, but I can't remember any of the sixth graders that year for some reason. Oh, well, I mean Trevor Harris, but I don't think he ever ran cross country. Okay. Kelsey and Haley's sister, uh, brother, Trey's okay. brother. Yeah. Okay. Um, he he ended up doing basketball, but yeah, so that's crazy. All everyone I coached in middle school is out of high school. That's wild. Does it make yeah. you feel old. A little bit, a little bit, but again, like like coaching at eighteen. Yeah. For those sure. things are bound to come up, and so it's. The, I will. I will say this is. I did have a like, wow, I feel really old moment recently where <laughs> one of the kids on our team now, so a freshman, he said he was, um, he said he was born in 2008. Does that make sense? Yeah. He said I was yeah. born in 2008. And I was like, <laughs> no, you were not. Like, <laughs> yeah. Is crazy to me. Like I was in seventh grade. And so the, the whole thing was about like, I'm almost to the point where I am going to be twice the age of somebody I'm coaching. Okay. I'm 27. So it's like not there quite yet, but yeah. next year, you know, 28 to 14, that would be twice the age of somebody I'm coaching. Um, yeah. I was just like, you were not born in 2008. Like that, that seems like it was five years ago. <laughs> yeah, for sure. What well, one thing that makes me feel a little older, I'm, I'm definitely not like old, old, but, um, like athletes when they like share like pro athletes when they share their age, like the, some of the yes. best, like the best guys are like oh around God. our age or younger than our, our age. It's yeah. Like, that one no, I, I think we're getting like, we're older than the average NBA player age. Are we? I I'm pretty sure if not, it's, right. it's close. If not, it's very close. Like the fact that, yeah. What makes you feel old is the fact that you finally get to the point where your sports teams, like the best players that you cheer for are younger than you. You're yeah. like, oh yeah, I'm not really looking up to them anymore. Yeah. Cause it's weird. Like growing up, like watching sports all the time, like you, these are like grown men out there, <laughs> but now you're like the same age, but they all, they still kind of look, I mean, obviously they're like way bigger than you, but yeah. 
right they still kind of look older i don't know yeah like i think just uh, like a few weeks ago i heard so, like a pro athlete was 31 and i was like oh wow like they've had like 10 years in the league and i'm just like oh yeah that was probably in high school at the same time as them yeah yeah <laughs> right have you thought also about- sorry oh good good okay I was saying, have you thought about like turning 30 or like this kind of those big mile markers that are coming up? The only thing I've thought about with turning 30 is that I'll probably just watch that friend's episode where they all turn 30. Okay. Maybe that'll be feel I've a never little seen bit that better. Actually. And that's what one thing too is like, oh my God, like when they were when they were, you know, in that episode they're filming like they're 30 and like I'm two and a half years from that. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's crazy. It's pretty crazy. It's also so, kind of sorry sp- to anyone that that feels even older than us listening to two 27 year olds talk I know, right? about how old they are. I know it's like a weird in between because like we're I feel so much older than the kids that we're coaching, but like I know that we're not actually old like that old. It's like a weird, it's weird talking about it. Um oh, what was I gonna say? What were you about to say? That was it. No, I just wanted to apologize to <laughs> oh, <it's- laughs> what was I gonna say? Uh, we're talking about friends and 30. Oh, it's like, I, I, Oh, this was, <laughs> here it comes. Um, like if you think back to your life, like if you think about your high school self or even yourself, like five years ago, just like how different you were, it's kind of scary to think about yourself at like 30, 35, 40. Like, you know, we're going to be like looking back at ourselves now, like, not necessarily like, oh, he was an idiot at that point, but just like, I don't know. It's it's exciting to think about the growth that we'll experience, hopefully, but it's also kind of scary to think about our current selves now. Like, what are, where are the blind spots? What do we need to learn, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know. Like, life is going to – the only way to learn that is just to, to yeah, live. Yeah, it's – I've seen about that recently. Like, you can't – it's impossible to have both youth and wisdom mm-hmm. because you need – to age and get experience to gain wisdom that you can't get when you're younger yeah for sure um and that's the the challenge of life i would say yeah. I, yeah. I like how you i like how you get deep with guests on the ir podcast I, that's the like i know it's like a running podcast and i do enjoy like talking about the like running side of things but i don't know i feel like most of the day i'm either thinking about like coaching and running related stuff or i'm thinking about just like life in like a, a deep way. So it's like fun mm-hmm. just to toss out ideas, toss out things I'm thinking about. So yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Cool. Uh is there anything anything we missed? Anything else you wanted to, to talk about or cover? I'm trying to think from running career. Um I guess the two things would be I wanna I wanna talk about all star cross country camp. It's just such an amazing experience that I've had in my life. I've been working as a counselor um the last several years um and so it's it's just been cool to see again just more expanding to the running community like i feel like i have a lot of these avenues that i've been able to meet different people through with running um and so that's been a good time and then can you talk uh, about i've i never went to the all-star running camp like what what is it exactly what goes on yeah so it's it's very similar to i would say like how some teams do team camp Uh, at least that's how i kind of felt about it like it's you know, it's a sleepaway camp. You, uh, and we, right now we're at Anderson university. Um, so you got there for a week on Monday and, um, the, I guess the, obviously the running related things, like you'll have a morning run. Um, and we used to do afternoon run. So it used to be twice a day. Like when I was there, you ran twice a day. day. We've 
started to lower the expectation a little bit. I think there's one day we've done that to double. Um, but now like the afternoon session is more of um, like, like other activities like Frisbee or, you know, basketball or volleyball, stuff like that. Um, just to, and especially because the camp's a little earlier in the year. So like kids aren't running as many miles. So mm-hmm. probably not ready for doubles. Um, but then, you know, meals. And then obviously we have guest speakers come in and it's cool to hear from a lot of different, you know, coaches or athletes or um, we've had like running shoe people come in, like talk about the store, just talk about uh, what they, what they do in the store, stuff like that. Um, cool. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a fun time. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Especially yeah. like being in high school. That'd be a cool yeah. experience. Allstarccamp.com to, to register. Um, but then the, and then I also wanted to mention that I, I meant to mention earlier with mile split, but if you are somebody listening that wants to contribute email, um, I am mile split at gmail.com. I, I think, I hope that's the right email. I always mix it up. If not, I'll, I'll, we can post something or whatever, yeah. but if you're wanting to contribute, um, reach out, please. Like we're trying to expand coverage, especially like Fort Wayne. There's a lot there the region there's a lot there um southern indiana we know there's a lot that can go on so again just as we talked about earlier trying to keep around the sport expand expand coverage cool yeah anyone out there take them up on that offer cool to cool to get involved awesome anything else you want to do a miscellaneous minute who do you have winning the uh, ncaa tournament like who did i have or who do i have <laughs> uh both who, who did you have and then who do you who do you want or who do you have who do you think is going to win now so I- I'm like, I get super, I'm actually a pretty big stat, stats guy as well. Um, like I get super into my bracket. Like I have this whole like method, like so many calculations that I do like to, and it's been like pretty successful in the past. Um, like I was in a fraternity in college and we had like a, a pool with our whole, like there's 60 or 70 of us and I won it like my junior year, I think of college. Nice. So that was sweet. This year, like objectively it was terrible but like i'm gonna if yukon wins their next game i'm gonna win like all the pools that i'm in no way did you have them in the final yeah that's that's amazing oh my yeah. god um so yeah i had so i had bama purdue texas and yukon and then i had bama yukon and then bama winning okay. um as far as who do i think is gonna win i, I think i mean yukon looks like the best team yeah, agreed. Um, I'd love to see FAU UConn. I think that'd be my that would be cool final choice. Yeah. But yeah. I it's like so I'm usually like you where I I have my spreadsheets like I go through all this stuff and do the brackets. This uh-huh. year was the first year that I did not do any of that. I just filled just out a bracket, first impression, whatever. I really didn't follow college basketball that much this season either. Um, and of course, I had all I had the one seeds in the final four. I was like, I'm just gonna go with that. And none of them made it. Yeah. So first time does that tell right? me that I need to go with the research in future years? Would that have helped me at all this year? I don't know. Yeah. I do it like, um, I, so I average ESPN's like strength index and Ken Palm. Yeah. And then uh, there's a site that says like the percentage of each seed that make it to each round. Uh-huh. And so based off of like, um, so if I know like only three, 
five seeds make it to the round of 32 i like see which gap is the shortest and like knock them out that's good that's a good strategy yeah and yukon was like super highly rated i was i was pretty nervous about that pick because that like section was like a bloodbath with like uh-huh. kansas ucla gonzaga yeah. st mary's is my highest rated like five seed yeah true but uh they they made it out yeah there uh, was there there was one year it's the best bracket I've ever had, like at a point in the tournament. Like on ESPN, I was like on the leaderboard. No way. It, but it, it was it was through maybe the like the beginning of the Sweet 16. Okay. And I had done a thing where I looked at like previous trends and it's like, okay, you gotta have a two seed losing in the second round. Mm-hmm. And I had that two seed losing correctly. Dang. And then like having a one seed lose in the first round, had that one correctly, like having the correct double digit seeds in the second round. Um, so yeah. there was a point, yeah, like in the sweet 16 games where I was, I think like 68th maybe is as high as I got. Um, Man, but you can see crazy. like my name on the ESPN leaderboard. So that's cool. That might never happen again though. So I'm, I'm enjoying that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially this year. Uh, but my dad and I went to watch the UConn Butler game and like Butler hung with him for most of the game. And I was, I don't know. I was like really underwhelmed with how UConn played, but they've, yeah. they've really turned it up. Yeah. I, I think, I think UConn. Out of those four, I would pick like just historically. You kind of, you this is how I kind of look at sports too. Like if you look back on this tournament, I feel like it's UConn. Uh, yeah. Like like in ten years, if I'm like you look back, like I feel like I see UConn as the champion. Yeah, and obviously that could not happen, but true. That's what are, I would say. Are you gonna um, watch? For sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. If uh, so FAU made it, and and UConn made the final four, uh-huh. and if I had picked my bracket based on where i have had cousins go to school i would have had both of those teams in the final four no way <laughs> yeah which That's is funny. pretty funny <laughs> have you looked at the top espn brackets like recently uh no okay it's like it's insane because this year is just so it seems so I, random yeah like there are people that have chosen all four all four final i saw four there four. were i think like six brackets that had all four final four teams yeah it's just crazy which is crazy yeah, because they're the person that, like, if you looked at their bracket before the tournament started, you'd be like, "That's <laughs> never gonna happen." What are you doing? Yeah. Right? They have them. They got them. Yeah. Nice. Well, cool. I appreciate you you taking the time to come on. This is a lot of fun. Josh, thanks so much for having me. Um, really enjoyed being back, having all those conversations. I think this is one I'm gonna go back and listen to. It's hard to <laughs> listen to your own voice, but this is gonna be one I think it's worth listening. So, I think I think I might have said this before on the podcast, or may have been off, but. There was like a short period where I was listening back through and putting on like timestamps and I would do it like while I was working and I would almost forget that it was me talking because you, you're just like not used to hearing your own voice. Yeah. And I'd be like, oh wait, this, this is me talking. It was, it was a weird experience. Yeah. So I stopped doing that. Yeah. But no, you get, you, you said that for a while, but then you hear it, you just hear it over again. It's like, okay, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, cool. I'm sure I'll, I'll see you around at hopefully some meets, at least the state yeah. meet. Absolutely. So, yeah. Hopefully to meet the season. I think flashes would be a, a big one. If oh yeah. There. And I'm then sure. we're, and we're coming to the Carmel showcase. Oh, so. okay. <laughs> well, I'll see you soon then. We'll see you there. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. All right, everybody. Until next time. We'll see you.